is that clock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send it! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. Well, we made it. We, we finally have on-track running. It's been a long time coming. And then it's gone. But eventually we'll, we'll come back again in two weeks. My name is Graeme and joining me today, as always, it's the Dolphin. It's Luke Holmes. I mean, porpoise. Yeah, I was. Yeah, so apparently, I had to Google this before he came on. Dolphins and porpoises are not the same thing, but yeah, <laughs> I, that, I, I sort of think the name difference gave that away. To be fair, well, it could have easily been a situation if you're uneducated on the whole thing. Like you know, it could, it could be one part of one family, you know. But it could be. It, yeah, they are two different things. We'll talk about. Uh, have you ever wanted to hear about porpoising? Well, I mean, gee, is the one thing you didn't know you needed this week? I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's one thing I didn't even know anything about until <laughs> this week. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get familiar with the concept. But, anywho's, uh, last week obviously there was a lot of stuff to go through, and we left some stuff to the side. So I'll quickly revisit some of those that we were going to talk about last. Well, originally going to talk about last week. Uh, the big, I think, the bigger picture in F one. Uh, is the reports from motorsport.com that Porsche and Red Bull are nearing an F1 deal, uh, partnership from 2026. Apparently, discussions are at an advanced stage and could be finalized as early as March. So, I mean, very, very soon here. This could be, uh, we could be getting a big, big, big announcement. Uh, Porsche has been linked with uh, Red Bull tie-ups since the departure of the team's former power unit partner, Honda, and the formation of a new powertrain division by Red Bull, obviously being Red Bull, Red Bull powertrains. Apparently, according to motorsport.com's sister publication, motorsporttotal.com, the talks between Red Bull and Porsche are so advanced that any deal only requires approval from the uh, supervisory bodies within the VW group. Uh, this could be given as early as March, providing there are no late stumbling blocks. Again, I'm reading this story from um, motorsport.com from Christian Nimmerval, uh, and would secure Porsche's return to F1 as a power unit supplier. So I think that's important. I think people think about, oh, Porsche coming as a team. No, apparently at this, at this early stage, it's only as a power unit supplier. Uh, you're going to love this. Apparently, Red Bull Motorsport consultant Helmut Marco and fellow Austrian Fritz Enzinger, uh, who is a Volkswagen Group head of motorsport, are believed to have been instrumental in drafting the partnership. So, e. thoughts on that? <laughs> It's a big deal. It's a very a big, big deal. deal. I've obviously been looking for a massive brand to come in for a number of years now anyway. And then this tie-up would be humongous and a statement of intent, I would I would say, with Red Bull, Red Bull putting a lot of faith in Porsche to get stuff done for the new engine regs. It's, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how it goes and how everything transitions and if it's going to be another one where it's more... Like Honda, McLaren Honda, where it all goes tits up and then they go somewhere else and it works better off somewhere else or it just clicks instantly. It is, oof, it's a big deal. I'm so, so, so interested in seeing where this one goes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, apparently, the formation of Red Bull's own powertrains operation, Milton Keynes, is also thought to be attractive to Porsche and provide flexibility in terms of where the power unit development takes place, which pa- with parts of a potential F1 program set to be operated out of Weissach in Germany. 
So it would be massive. Like, like Porsche is a big, big global name in also in the automotive industry. So I to, and you know we haven't to have it in the fray in F one. If we could like again, if we managed to get Porsche and Audi out of you know these changing regulations, that is such a massive, massive win for F one as a whole. Oh, it's huge, huge. Having all the massive brands in, that's, uh, again, another massive statement of intent. And having those brands on the grid, it just looks good for everybody, doesn't it? It's, it's mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Never would I have thought that we'd have people like Mercedes, Ferrari, and Honda on the grid at one time. Now we've got all these new names possibly coming in. Mm. It's so good. Obviously, all made possible with the uh, removal of MGUH and the uh, introduction of e-fuels, and you know they're obviously con- their rising role in their uh, most work going forward. So, yeah, like like it obviously harkens back to you know like, we, like back in, before the uh, global financial crisis at the end of kind of you know, two thousand eight two thousand nine kind of era, era where you had like Toyota, BMW, Renault, uh, you know, as in addition to your Ferrari. You know, of course, we didn't have Mercedes at that time, but you know, you had all these uh, you know works teams in f1 so obviously different kind of role here for porsche at least initially but you know obviously still like would you say porsche is a bigger name than i don't know about toyota because toyota you know like porsche is obviously you know is more kind of luxury or performance based obviously toyota is a bit more i'd say mainstream so maybe toyota would be bigger name from that point of view but obviously in in motorsport Obviously, we knew, we've seen Toyota have success in endurance racing in the last uh, in the last few years, but obviously Porsche would be a more. Be, I guess it would be as a bigger name, but a more famous name. It's a more household name with those sports. It's basically what you're saying. It's it's one from the history books in pa- in the past. Whereas Toyota, it's only recently that they've sort of delved into the world of motorsport. It's mm. not really been their style. Whereas Porsche is, I, I assume, or associate, sorry, Porsche with racing. Now, that's just what they are mm-hmm. in their blood. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I expect, well, it seems like, you know, it's a very advanced stage. So, yeah, we'll see what the, uh, what the story is there. They aren't the only outfit that is looking to get themselves involved in F1. Uh, we kind of mentioned the Andretti situation or kind of well, we addressed you know we kind of mentioned in passing about Andretti and you know this this talk of Andretti obviously look it started last year with the, you know they were basically had it basically were there with Alfa Romeo and then, and then things change at the 11th hour uh, but apparently uh, Mario Andretti is saying that his son Michael uh, is all in and ready to go uh, that was a quote uh, with his F1 team plans and already has a deal in place for a supply of power units believed to be with Renault so and a UK-based plant as well so uh, look there's been chatter this week about you know how a team's welcoming in Andretti you know Todd Wolf said they had, would have to prove themselves uh, I think it's worth noting that any I think there's I get the skepticism I think with some people in the paddock with this look we've seen new teams come in in the past and Obviously, with those 2010 teams that came in, like a lot of them, like none of them really added anything to the sport. You, you want to say Marussia may have added a few moments here or there, but you know they really didn't add anything. So obviously, F1 has been careful to introduce new teams to F1 uh, to make sure they add something to the sport. Obviously, they introduced that fee, that I think that 150 million pounds to uh, obviously to in a sense to buy into F1, and that money spread then across the uh, the other teams. But it seems like track, enough pun intended, traction really picking up on this is. This seems very legit, and it just seems a matter of when rather than if, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I, I can't see it falling through like it did when it, with the deal with Alfa Romeo. At this point, it just seems too good not to happen. They they seem really to be pushing getting into F1 for... Is it 2024 that they're wanting to come in? Uh, allegedly, Or is it yes. 2023? I think it's 2024. So I'll be saying... Mm-hmm. I was going to say 2023 is a bit too soon. <laughs> One year? But, yeah. <laughs> we'll be a lot to ask. 2024. Yeah. The, oh, I'm... I'm a bit cautious about it, but mm-hmm. they're, a, they're a big name in the world of motorsport, so why not at this point? It could possibly open the doors to the IndyCar F1 link about link up that we've spoke about in the past. <laughs> it's funny. Um, Mario Andretti said there's a lot of speculation from Toto Wolf. He was concerned about potentially Ish being the power unit supply, being Ferrari, and Ferrari have more votes than he have. Would he would he uh, that than he would have? So. You can see kind of the uh, politics kind of playing into things here. <laughs> obviously, if it was, if Ferrari supplied them, obviously it would be like that'd be four teams. I don't know. You have Ferrari power on the grid. Uh, I think it'd be great to have another Alpine, a kind of Renault Alpine uh, customer engine uh, back on the uh, back on the grid. Obviously, just the, they just supply themselves. They do very well. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Their apparently consensus was that they were they were fourth in uh, performance last year with the power unit supply. Uh, Apparently, as well, the race have apparently that they've been trying to buy Haas for the last two years. So if they aren't able to get their own team in, you know, and establish something themselves, then, you know, whatever happens with Haas. So good, obviously, the events from the week, last week happened. Uh, obviously, there are ramifications for Haas. But apparently, you know, Steiner has said that Haas would be, in a, their position would be fine, even if that title sponsorship were to, you know, disappear. They've he said that everything would be, would be fine to be able to get obviously their driver in. They they be they would they would survive. So it's not a case of Haas are about to fall off the grid. I think the Haas's disappearance from F one would be, I guess, more dependent on how they are looking on track this year. If it was dire, yeah, that that's that's my feeling as well. I, I said before, if they at last again and nowhere near then I think Gene pulls the plug because mm-hmm. this is pretty much probably make or break for them and it's probably made pulling the plug would probably be made easier knowing that you have a you know a a customer so to speak a buyer snapping. ready to uh ready to go yeah literally snapping at the heels pretty much he's he is on it to get in and I, I read something on Twitter the other day that basically says They've got the money to compete with the top teams if the budget cap wasn't in existence, which is promising for a private-owned team. That would be insane. Yeah, <laughs> you're talking five hundred million dollars, which is crazy money. So it, it seems like this is only you know rising, and I guess we're gonna have to get used to the fact that this Andretti thing isn't really going away. Yeah, well, like I say, unless something catastrophic happens and what have you. Which in the current scenario of the world, you never know. But I, I doubt it. Well, very much doubt it. It's only just a matter of them buying into it at this point. Mm, they seem very determined. So mm. I'd expect that to happen at some stage in the next few years. Testing in Bahrain, maybe. Hmm? <laughs> Drive to survive. Hmm? <laughs> Would you imagine they they put it in the last episode of Drive to Survive? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be very American, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, obviously, with events that happened during the week, obviously F1 acted on it pretty quickly, uh, and the Russian Grand Prix has been axed from uh, this uh, this uh, this year's calendar. Uh, obviously, 
this will bring down our our total here to was well, it's 22 isn't it it's 22 races but f1 uh-huh. has, uh, you know they're insisting that there will still be 23 races uh the, the bit i want to talk about is that the, the tracks that uh, could replace russia this season there are no shortages of tracks uh, stefan domenicali has made that known and uh-huh. uh, so i'm reading from the race.com by scott mitchell apparently turkey is not one of these tracks despite the uh Despite the uh, the obviously image I sent you, yeah, yes. there are uh, Turkish Grand Prix is not believed to be an option. Tickets for a 2022 Istanbul race were recently uh, were re- or listed recently on the se- on sale due to what F1 described as an administrative uh, error. So, cool. uh, but tracks that are an option. Uh, totally, uh, according to Scott Mitchell here, uh, China's Shanghai circuit has been absent, obviously, from the calendar throughout the COVID pandemic. The country is now keen to return to the earliest opportunity and recently welcomed sport for the Winter Olympics and obviously has Guan Yu Zhou on the grid this season as well. So we could see a return to China. I think that would be fantastic. Mm. Mixed feelings about China. Never really been a fan of it. But yeah, it'd be nice to go back somewhere different, I guess. Uh, this we I've... Uh, you know, you know me. I love Malaysia. Um, seems to be growing interest in returning. Uh, you know, here and there. Obviously, Malaysia dropped off the calendar in 2017, uh, according to Scott Mitchell here, amid declining attendance and greater enthusiasm for Sepang's MotoGP event. Of course, as they prioritise this after F1, uh, after one after F1 left. Uh, so apparently, that could be Malaysia could be an option. It was also, I say, it's been linked. Uh, it was it was linked recently when the Vietnamese Grand Prix was called off during, for the uh, the pandemic in twenty twenty. And last but not least, listed here for now is the Portuguese Grand Prix at Portimao, which I think uh, I would I reckon this would be the easiest solution. I would say so. Obviously, uh, Portugal has been on the calendar for the last two years. It is not on the calendar this year. But I'd imagine, you know, given how it's been plugged in twice here to fill in, I'd imagine there'd be no problem getting it to, uh, you know, getting it on the calendar to uh, to replace Russia. So regardless what happens, I think we will have 23 races at least to start the season. Uh, obviously, we, we, you know, we, it depends what happens, you know, obviously with COVID and the such. Uh, we've seen races drop off late. So, you know, we, we at the moment we have a tentative 23 race schedule. But a replacement for Russia, yeah, it seems pretty, pretty likely. I'm not happy that Magello's not on that list. I won't <laughs> lie. I was waiting for you to say it, and I was like, "Come no. on, say it." No, and it wasn't there. Yeah, I, I, I would prefer to go to China or Malaysia over Portimao. I won't lie. I completely agree. Not that the fact that Portugal's a bad track; it was banned for racing in the last gen cars, but it's just somewhat different, isn't it? Malaysia would be as a one-off. I think I'd accept it for what it is, and then it'd be a good trial to see if that audiences peaked back up again mm. especially like with the Guan Yu Zhou being in from around the Asian area and all that lot mm. and, peak it back up a little bit and those races are obviously like you know like Singapore as well they're very popular with the Australian uh, F1 contingent as well oh yeah yeah definitely and obviously they're the large following for F1 in in, in Australia uh, I think Malaysia and China are both great tracks for racing we've seen that numerous times heck malaysia has produced great races in the in the you know, in turbo hybrid era uh china has a, has less interesting races i would say than malaysia in the turbo hybrid era but obviously we've seen that race have absolute crackers as well like 2011 is uh one that definitely comes to mind where hamilton won that day Whew, that was a that was a hell of a race obviously held by pirelli's tires at the time but i think those yeah. two would lend themselves much better than uh well, well, well in theory than uh, than portugal at least 
Yeah, but I'm expecting to see Portugal slot in a lot earlier and then everything else get bumped up by a couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah. Or something get bumped up, regardless, something like that. Think- Australia switch. <laughs> I would like to, I would like to do that now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but you never know. Maybe like ten weeks notice on that. Mm. Uh, I have one little bit here because we were both absolutely perplexed when it was announced that Jamie Chadwick would be returning to the W Series uh, with uh, Jenner Racing. We 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 we've 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 talked a lot about Jamie Chadwick here, actually. Uh, two-time W Series uh, title winner, obviously a Williams junior driver as well and uh we were very 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 confused as to why she was returning to w series uh, apparently lack of funding is why she has uh she has returned uh you know she said uh you know she she's heard how she's heard about frustrations about not being able to race in f2 or f3 uh, trust me i hear it she says i also want to make that step and i made no secret of that when i won the championship last year to be, to be completely honest, in the short space of time that we had, we weren't able to secure the funding that we needed. Of course, that means I'm coming back to the W Series, but I don't see that as a step backward. I think it's still another opportunity to be racing and to be trying to raise the budget and funding to then go to the next step, which I believe is still possible. And then she goes on talking about how she's very grateful to the uh, W Series for, you know, she wouldn't be here without it. Uh, obviously, it's well, I guess, well, mm, I guess, well, it's, you know, obviously the W Series, is, I guess, kind of, you... One of the things you know about it is they, I think it's half a million is the prize uh, money. It's a million. It's a million. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, uh, you know, a pretty hefty uh, sum of money to the winning driver. She's won that twice. Uh, to be honest, I look at, I'm not look, I don't look at that as in terms of her lack of funding uh, because obviously it goes back and she obviously is involved in Extreme E as well. Uh, I look, and, and she's done some endurance testing as well. But I look at Williams and I don't know what. I don't know what Logan uh, Sargent's funding situation is. Are they are they funding his F two drive solely? Is he what else is he bringing in? Because I would honestly rather see Williams, you know, pay for Chadwick to drive an F three or F two than Logan Sargent an F two this year. I was literally just going to say this, or Nissani. You know what I mean? Sargent, I'm sort of on the fence with. He probably could be decent, but Nissani just isn't even though he's our favorite driver and everything <laughs> but he I, I don't think he deserves that f2 seat like chadwick does even just putting chadwick in f3 mm-hmm. surely that money would go better use there with her they will get more exposure out of her and better press surely than the memes that they get at the moment <laughs> well obviously the sandy obviously bring his funding that's obviously the big reason for yeah his involvement yeah, of in course. williams and an f2 so Chadwick doesn't quite have that, but I think it's a super smart move to go with Jenner Racing because assuming like they should have the car fine, uh, assuming that she's able to display her talents, uh, she is going to get a lot of, I guess, American publicity, attention. yes, uh, and attention. This is this is only a good move in my eyes. Yeah, uh, even W Series on a whole. I think. Oh, absolutely! Just a, it's just a great addition. Full stop. Yeah, I think we. So. I think we saw when they went to the US uh, for Kota, kind of how much the W Series has actually grown in. I guess it's following, mm. and I think that'll be even more so this season. Not just with Jenner, but obviously they're going to their their opening round takes place in Miami. Yes, yes, yes. I had a voice break then. That is poor, poor form. <laughs> yeah, uh, Miami. That is just. Oof. That's going to be good for them. There is mm-hmm. going to be a hell of a lot of celebrities there. Have you seen? I meant to say this last week. Have you seen the the renders for the some of the um, 
what are what are they called the blooming paddock clubs that they're planning to put in in Miami. I have not. So there's a boat dock in the middle of the track, <laughs> and like a beach, and oh, it looks amazing. I'll have to try and find it and send it to you. They look incredible. I think I think that venue like I know it's there's obviously a lot public like I talked about like you know, oh it's just around a car park but uh, I I'm excited to see how that race in action I think it's going to be solid it'll be crackers mm. is what I'm going to say it's going to be the American Singapore but with more glamour <laughs> yeah one hundred percent so good me from Chadwick she I think I think that'll you know she'll receive a lot I think she'll get a lot more exposure with Jenner mm. and. That could easily help line her up something, you know, going forward into F2 or F3. But I think it's a smart move to, to if you're going to rejoin a team, rejoin with Jenner. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's no point going back to the same team, is there? Yeah, which no was a Veloci last year. Yeah. Anyway, so let's move on to the car launches. We had two this week, uh, obviously with Alpine uh, before testing and Alfa Romeo then on the Sunday after the uh, the first test so weird so so weird we'll talk about it but uh alpine well we both watched it um well well i will say we both listened to it i mean i listened to it i think you had the mute button on a little bit i was watching tv and then had that on my phone on my lap whilst i was watching tv so didn't fancy hearing what lauren rossi had to say no you know my stance on this <laughs> i cannot i would rather have my ears bleed and listen to Mr. Rossi going on to it. Well, there was a lot of talking. They talked about how like they had targeted fifth place last year, and they and they got us. I don't believe the fifth place was there. I don't know. I don't... No, is that's like me saying to you, "Oh, we're in a club, Graham. There's a ten out of ten over there, but you're going to go and aim for that five out of ten over there." Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I just think right, it was convenient. Just... You know, like if they finished yeah. sixth, I think they was at six was our target. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just poor, poor ambition. Uh, Oppmeyer was there and he said a few words uh, not very interesting words but he said words nevertheless well the thing is he's probably not used to having to say his own words <laughs> he's used to being puppeted yeah <laughs> uh, well we'll see what that, what that happens with that with Laurent Rossi so yeah <laughs> and at least he can't be blamed for anything this year essentially well we'll mostly, see about that mostly <laughs> not with the car anyways yeah and well eventually the talking stopped and they revealed the car obviously BWT came on as a title sponsor uh, they released two cars uh, one that was an all kind of pink kind of racing point 2020 livery style uh, <laughs> to race in the first two races at, uh, at Saudi Arabia and Bahrain and obviously then they had the uh, they had the, the, the pink on the sides and the rear uh, incorporated into their livery uh, the blue livery for the rest of the season. Uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the pink livery first. I actually I really like it. Obviously, we I was a big fan of that 2020 racing point. I thought it looked great. I think that car looks great. It is it obviously looks very much the same. Uh, would you prefer that to be the actual livery? No, no. Because it just reminds me of the racing point too much. It's hard it, to dissociate, it's, isn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna see that, and I'm sure. I know. In fact, I guarantee Crofty is going to call it the racing point. I guarantee it, in fact. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. He, he is nice, though. Don't get me wrong. I just I just associate it with other things. So, for me, I can see why they've only done it for two races. Mm -hmm. But it, it's to spread, a mess, to spread a message, basically. It's that campaign with, with uh, BWT. Yeah. 
and then obviously the uh, I had very we both had very mixed feelings about the the initial uh, the blue livery with the pink uh, the camera angles that they had they show were not particularly uh, great obviously the I still like the side profile of that car it does literally feel like you slapped on a racing point side and rear wing and then like and said all right away you go but the front facing image was had a lot more uh, promise to it so and obviously we saw out on track what did you think having seen this in action the uh, of the of the bwt alpine I, I said this for most of the cars to be honest that they they lo- look okay in the studios and when they get out on track it's a completely different kettle of fish it looked a lot better on track i thought it I grew on me the more and more pictures i saw of it it was it was just the right spice. It's not amazing. It's not my favourite livery, but it is mm-hmm. improvement on on the very boring blue that we had last year. I really like that was, blue. I like I like the blue, but it was just plain. You know, what I mean, it was just oh, we've painted our car blue and we've done fuck all else. <laughs> it's it's half 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 hearted, should I say? Is what I felt last year. Don't get me wrong; it was nice, but. I just thought they could have done more with it. And uh, this year is is it's there ish. And I thought you liked Sean Ball. I do like Sean Ball. You're saying his liveries from last year were terrible. It was shit. Oh, you're insane. It it, it made up for it a bit this year. It's, it's fine. We're Gucci. I, I can't ever feel disappointed on the promise here. You know, we saw some yeah. like pretty, like you know initial ones that are speculated and the such are like you know. Uh, you know, like oh, they could look like this, and they looked great. And I can't, I can't help but feel wanting a little more. I guess you know, it looked great coming down the straight and the such. But I don't know. I'm, I'm left a little disappointed because the promise was so high. And it's, I, it's an absolute train wreck from the side. Absolute train wreck. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It is not pretty from the side. Uh, I just wish the pink a bit better incorporated on the side rather than just slapped on a, you know, integrated with the car rather than just, you know, this side area, you know, like this convenient side area is packaged nicely with a BWT. Uh, I just feel like I wish it was integrated more on the side, you know, like it was part of the car rather than just the side, if you get me. It looks like an afterthought. I know you know it was I mean? later like, you know, I, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like how it was with Aston Martin last year. How they had just the green, the light green stripe, and then they suddenly just changed it to pink. That that is sort of the feeling I get. Well, they had less excuse but, because they they were already there when Aston Martin were coming in. They yeah, they coming I know. In. Yeah, so it was, was bizarre that that was never incorporated. Yeah. Uh, at the launch, obviously, I I was I was scared because the racing overalls of the Alp when the guys came out with Alonso Piastri <laughs> and Ocon came out, it scared me. It scared the shit out of me that they were going to use that blue. I was horrified. I'm thinking, sure, if this car is that color and that combination, we are in big, big, big trouble here. They are ugly overalls. They are, they are not nice. They are absolutely terrible. I would much rather them come out in just pure French flags. It would have looked a, well, a lot better. Mm-hmm. Alonso and Pink is not not sort of the uh, expectation I had going into this season. No, like we've we, like we've seen Ocon and Pink, you know that's that's we you know, we are used to that image, but I don't know. It is it's I, I guess if you like seeing Sebastian Vettel and Pink, you know it's that it's, yeah. it's odd, you know it's it's odd. It just doesn't sit right. No, it's it's, it's strange. 
but uh, obviously they, they rolled them out. Uh, one of the things that Alpine were saying is that they've adopted the split turbo uh, concept, obviously pioneered by Mercedes back in 2014. Uh, congratulations to the teams who have finally adopted the split turbo uh, eight years later yeah it's only, it's only just taken that amount of time yeah so well done there um so we'll see again obviously it's inter- i'm one of the, the small stories i guess of this year i'm fascinated to see how aggressive people have gone with their engines because if you screw it up you're in big big trouble because obviously these engines are being frozen uh, in two stages this year obviously uh, actually the deadline's coming up in just a few days it's march 1st for say stage one and then stage two in september yeah a few days yeah tomorrow yeah <laughs> so if you screw it up and obviously like you know we've heard teams like ferrari and uh you know an alpine here who've gone aggressive apparently with their their engines and yeah it's gonna be interesting to see because if you've got if you're stuck with a bad deal then it must be some sort of scope to fix if something's fundamentally broken uh, i'm not a fan of the freeze if i'm honest i understand why it's been done but I, I like the engine development. I, 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 I don't want to see the same pissy engines for, for three years. It's going to be crap. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just going to be, oh, they, they're good in a straight line. Oh, they're good in a straight line three years bloody later. It's so boring. We'll see who, get, like, obviously, there's advantage to be had to whoever gets it right. And look, maybe it doesn't, like, hopefully we move from, a, a, you know, we move away from it mattering so, like, as much as it has. We'll see what these new cars bring. Obviously, the engine, obviously, has has, has always been and always will be uh, a very important, you know, performance uh, advantage if you have it in your favor. Obviously, we've seen that to the extreme during the turbo hybrid era, but hopefully it'll matter a little bit less going forward. I've never done anything extreme. I know, I know. Officially. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Alpine's design, yeah, I mean, there's nothing, it was, well, obviously they had a show car because obviously the real one was in Barcelona because the testing began <laughs> the next day. Yeah. So nothing too much to be said on that. Uh, speaking of Alpine, though, we mentioned this, uh, obviously uh, someone who wasn't on stage, obviously we saw Oscar Piastri on stage. Uh, uh, Jack Dewan obviously switched from uh, Red Bull to Alpine uh, something we were both incredibly perplexed by uh, so I'm going to outline some of the uh, some of the the, re- uh, the quotes from Dewan this is on motorsport.com from Tom Howard uh, I just think the layout of the program and what and what it's going to do for me to become a better driver and when he was asked what convinced him to join Alpine. Obviously, Red Bull had that, but if it was the same, I wouldn't have moved, so I don't want to touch on that too much, but it was just a really good path to become a better driver regardless of the end goal, to learn as much as possible and to get valuable time and something you can't really get anywhere else and I hadn't been getting. It's coming to a point where it's make or break in Formula 2. There's nothing really to go back on, so I had to make the decision for what I wanted to do to, uh, to, do, to become a better driver, and Alpine was that. In my limited time with the program already, I'm enjoying it a lot. I can't wait to continue to build and build relationships. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, he also went on to say that the fact that uh, four members, Guan Yu Zhou and Christian Lugard, have progressed to IndyCar and F1, um, you know, uh, proves that the academy can put drivers on a better, or sorry, sorry, can put drivers on a professional career uh, path. He could have done that with Red Bull now. Yeah. Could have been doing a lot more fun things than IndyCar. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. 
You could be doing all sorts of different things with Red Bull. The, the, it's not like there's two seats possibly going in F1 in 2023 or anything. Mm -hmm. You know, if he got his act together in F2 in 2022 and he was at least got the points for a super license, his name would be in the hat, Absolutely. you would think. So I, 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 I was absolutely shocked when I, read, I, I saw on Instagram that he had shaved, shaved his head a bit more and then gone and moved to Alpine. <laughs> it, it, unless there is something we don't know mm -hmm. going on in that Red Bull program where he feels he is not favoured enough like Dennis Hauger, I imagine is, or Yuri Vips, someone like that, and he just feels there's just too many drivers to battle against, then um, it's it, he felt the decision to go to another clogged-up driver system mm -hmm. is the one for him, then sure. Uh, he says, I think a lot of people will say that Alpine hasn't promoted to its F1 team, but everyone who has been in their program, you can't disrespect them and say they aren't a good driver or haven't grown while they were there. Uh, end quote. Now the reason Guan Yu Zhou is an Alpha Male because he brings significant funding. Uh, that is yeah. the reason Guan Yu Zhou got his <clears> F1 drive, not because he was part of the Alpine F1 Academy. Yeah, Let, let's be real. If that thirty million sponsorship deal wasn't there, then he's not getting into F1. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever it was. Don't get me wrong. Guan Zhou's a talented driver, but there's a lot. Uh, Piastri would have got the seat on pure talent. Yeah, like he's coming into a situation where he's categorically behind in the pecking order because Oscar Piastri is the reigning F2 champion whereas all he had to do this year was be and he could, could it's very conceivable he could do it still but all he had to do this season was beat Dennis Hauger essentially I think Dewan's talented enough to beat Vips Daruvala and you know obviously like Iwasa and uh, who is the other one uh, in I think that's it um, yeah there's only five now oh Lawson excuse me um, well <laughs> yeah well yeah no. yeah <laughs> but like all, like and he had the, he had the power to do that in front of him like he's more i think he's more than capable to be you know i think it's very possible he could be Hauger. we've seen you know f3 champions you know come through and obviously you know not you know, like, you know like well not me not champions but like deruva was a top driver in f3 and hasn't quite broken to that level in 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 f2 quite yet he's won a few races here and there but or got a few podiums here and there but Schwarzman. Uh, hmm? Schwarzman. He didn't really do anything insane in F2. He had his chance. He was at the front, but didn't really make much of it. Mm. The the point I want to make is like just because Hauger won in F3 does not guarantee he's, you know, he could be doing an F2. But all Dewan has yeah. done here is essentially handed Hauger first dibs, essentially, on an F1 drive with Alpha Tari. And we both believe one or two of those seats could be available depending on obviously when Yuki Tsunoda does and obviously Gasly we think is you know we believe uh, or at least we see we th we th we think that this could be his last season which you know very possibly could be with, with Alpha Tari but he it's just he's just gone he's just he's just he's just handed that opportunity he's just get put taking his name out of the hat when he had a really good chance yeah he was he was in the shout there is just Definitely. it it just I, uh, my mind was blown when I read it. I, like, like I've already said, it just makes no matter what angle I look at it from, there is no reason it makes any sense. No, it doesn't. He's just make taken sense. a backward step in a program that I think personally is worse. Yeah, 
And he also like the two. It's funny like the two drivers he mentioned. Like Lung, we saw Lungard how like Lungard regressed last year. The same team, and he wasn't able. Like he obviously had some a bit of you know some obviously the Monaco. He had a podium, and obviously the failure happened. But Lungard wasn't up the field really at all this season. Like Lungard took a step back in twenty twenty one, and that's part of the reason why he's going to to IndyCar. Like the two drivers he cited have. Are like a not in F one because of the Alpine ties, and B took a step back in the program last year. All he's setting up for is self up for there is an Alpine reserve seat yeah. to then fade away into the background. Because let's be real, Ocon's tied down for too long. Mm-hmm. Alonso's not got more than two years left in him, and Piastri is first in line as he should be. Yeah, and then Red Bull are going to laugh at him if he comes in with with his hand between his his legs and asking for his, his job back it's no I'm pretty sure the only other option would be someone like Alfa Romeo or Williams or even Andretti you know you know what I mean it's one of them where it just doesn't it, from whatever angle it just makes zero sense yeah he's he's shaping himself you know possibly to have a go in IndyCar essentially like I just feel like he's doing I don't know he's set himself up for maybe something other than F1 it's, it's the eight supercars. That's where it's going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that, yeah that's literally where it's going to end up. Endurance racing or something like that. Uh, seeing as Alpine are venturing into that or mm-hmm. are looking into that. <laughs> so we'll see. But yeah, that was yeah. It's one of the more bizarre ones to me because he's got <laughs> a, he had a legit chance to you know just all he had to do was basically beat Hauger essentially, and he's yeah. in place. Yeah. It's going to be one to, that we're going to be bringing up a lot yeah. this year. Hell of a lot. When we talk about decisions that, you know, you know, have big ramifications on, you know, long-term futures, that, that is... Uh, or we could look like idiots. Maybe. Like, and maybe something he knows we something don't we know. don't. But yeah. it just seems odd. When you piece everything together, it just doesn't... Yeah, something seems askew with that decision. Anyway, uh, not much to say about Alfa Romeo's launch, really. Uh, they, <laughs> the, well, the new livery, uh, lots more crimson on that car this season. I, to be honest, I, I like, like it. it. I just don't get why we've been made to wait. <laughs> it makes no sense. I know. Why? Like they didn't. It's not like they did some grand reveal. They just released some images onto Twitter. That's all it was. I woke up Sunday morning and I opened my phone and looked on Alfa Romeo's Twitter and it was there. Great, thanks. Mm-hmm. What was the point? You might as well have just run the livery in testing. As much as I like the camera livery. Oh, the merchandise is fantastic. I'd love to yes. get that coat or that hoodie. Yeah, Any, anything oh. of that camo, I would love. I would have bought it. No, even if I had no money, I would buy it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Stack it all up on the credit card. Uh, it was interesting you know, looking at the car itself. It seemed to take the similar take to Alpha Tari, where it's not quite cutting in like Mercedes or a McLaren. It doesn't go out as far as, say, like Aston Martin, but kind of in between. And obviously it has the louvers as well. That's going to be a trend that we see on every car, I think, now. Mm, once well, one team's done it, once we get to borrowing testing, that is going to be a feature on every single car. Mm, if it's not already. shape of form, yeah. Uh, like, with, uh, we saw Mercedes actually run a little bit of it, you know, a different cover uh, with the, some louvers in it uh, during testing, even last week as well. Mm, so, exactly. Uh, okay, I guess that's a decent segue into into testing. Obviously, three days: Tuesday, Wednesday, and 
th- Thursday. Excuse me, I thought it was Friday for some reason, but it was it was uh, it was Thursday. Sunday, Monday. <laughs> yeah, confused. And we could we'll do it. Like obviously, look, it's so early. It's the first. It wasn't even officially a test. It was a preseason session. Uh, yeah, officially. Yeah, even, <laughs> just called a test. To, to say there wasn't going to be any coverage, right, or any broadcasting of any kind, there was broadcasting. In essence, there was videos on F1's official YouTube channel every day, at least three, and then there was timings every twenty minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was live feed on Sky Sports News. The race did live feed. There was constant videos about it. You're not expecting this. I was expecting some, but not that much, because they said there would be nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a very strange one. Uh, so we can do winners and losers of the test, and we can talk about kind of teams in that. Um, the general consensus, again, it's v- so early, so these are way too early, winners and losers of the first test, essentially, because like, you know, very little is known. Um, but there's enough for us to have a conversation, at least, about where, you know, certain things. Uh, general consensus that Ferrari and McLaren are in pretty decent shape after the after their first tests. Oh, yes. Ferrari with the most miles overall, yep. I believe. 2,052 miles they did. And the lap counter they had was the most at 439 by some margin as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Mercedes Quite is second on 393. Yeah, that's a that's a good chunk of mileage. Carlos Sainz being the driver with the most miles as well, of course, obviously to make it up. Mm-hmm. They they just had no issues really, did they? They just seemed to plow on and no issues with the new power unit. The car looked steady from what I saw in in the pictures. It looked absolutely amazing on track as well. Let's yes. just say that. I love, I love it. it it's it, there isn't much to say about it, but it just looked good. Mm-hmm. Like the quieter you have, the quieter test you have, the better. <laughs> like that's how that's, yeah, that's how this works essentially. If something goes wrong, people will see it. Yeah, you Whereas want this, no one to be talking want, about you in many ways. Basically, yeah, and that's basically what Ferrari and McLaren were, pretty much. Um, Although McLaren were more of an interesting topic than Ferrari. Mm. Well, well, quite a number of teams and, you know, person, key figures were very interested in Ferrari. I was, um, George Russell obviously mentioned them as well. Toto Wolff was mentioned. Them. Obviously, Ferrari being quick to kind of, uh, you know, deflect kind of those 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 comments. But, like, obviously, you have science, like, obviously, science got the most mileage here, 236. They had, Ferrari had 200, uh, over 200 more miles than the next closest team being, being Mercedes. Uh, it seems like, you know, obviously, we, they are the only team to have the kind of the ski slopes, the uh, the valleys or the, with the sides. Mm. And obviously, we talked about it last week, like, you know, ooh, like, you know, like as a potential, like, you know, when we're the only team that has done this this way, generally speaking, that is worrying. But, you know, obviously, performance has looked, you know, what they've shown has looked very solid, too. Like, they're right up there, like a couple of times, you know, it's Leclerc or Sainz at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, they just they I think they have really used their time well. I think they're in really good shape. Again, I don't know about a title contention, but they're really looking good in cementing themselves, I guess, back amongst, you know, the you know, your 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 top positions. Yeah, their their aim this year is just to be there, I think, more than challenging, is just to be in and around picking up the occasional win here and there mm-hmm. rather than being 
30 seconds back after 20 laps type yeah. thing. Kind of best of the rest, kind of, you know, Leclerc in no man's land kind of kind of thing. Yeah, being caught by three seconds a lap at Silverstone. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's uh, a very... A very promising first uh, mm. unofficial test. Yes, very good base for Ferrari to build off. Uh, I would say McLaren have had a pretty good test as well. They kind of tailed off a little bit at times, but uh, they've had a very, very good test as well. They got plenty of mileage in. They got actually actually sit in the middle of mileage. Actually, they only got fifteen hundred uh, uh, miles in. Uh, oh, sorry, kilometers. Sorry, excuse me. It's kilometers, not miles. Sorry, I'm reading the the graphic. Wrong. The figures are the same, but it's just in kilometers. Uh, they had fifteen hundred kilometers. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo actually put in the second most laps, two hundred twelve of them. So, that's that's strange. The Lando didn't get as many uh, laps as, as Danny, but uh, Norris yeah. on one fifty five. Okay, one hundred fifty five laps, and they showed flashes of their potential pace as well. So, and completed three hundred sixty seven laps, which is the third most. Obviously, just helped help by Ricardo there. But again, we talked about Ferrari and McLaren as teams that we thought could get themselves in, in amongst the hunt here, and nothing I've seen so far has dissuaded me from that view that they can enter the mix here for contending for podiums and wins. Oh, definitely, and especially with this flexi floor they've got. Oof. If that if that proves to be legal, then they have got. And a hell of an idea on their hands. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen it, then I, I, I'd say go and do some, go and look up some videos on it. It is insane how what they've done with their floor. And uh, I think as well as that, as it turned out, other te- uh, before the test, other they were the only team to be using a pull rod configuration at the front and push at the rear. Testing has arrived, and I believe you had Alpha Tauri, uh, using pull, I think some teams I think used uh, I think some teams used uh, so I think some used pull pull I think or push push. One of them which is very did, strange. Which it's is normally very one or the other. Yeah, uh, but I believe Red Bull are running pull at the front. Alpha Tari are running pull at the front, and I believe Alpha Romeo also are running pull at the front as well. That's bizarre. So certainly they're not the only team again you can again i'm basing this off of uh, again you go check out yeah youtube.com forward slash the hyphen race uh all the technical insight as testing has gone on and you know as obviously the real cars have hit the tracks so so i think yeah that concept again we talked about not maybe not worth a ton of time but again when you're the only team that does something a certain way you you get kind of you, you know you think ooh wrong step perhaps but no McLaren are not alone in that sense anymore but the really good test for them and Ferrari and very strong basis to build off yes uh, I'm going to give a winner of the test to the contending teams of last season obviously Mercedes and Red Bull with their their Titanic title fights uh, more so the drivers uh, obviously we talked about have they compromised themselves heading into 2022 well, they certainly don't look any, they don't look, you know, in disarray. I would say they'd have, I would say their tests were a little, I don't I don't think they were as impressive, maybe as a Ferrari or a McLaren, but uh, Mercedes, they racked up mileage at the end of the test, uh, on the last day in particular, having missed out a little bit on the first. Uh, Red Bull obviously came and showed their real car and the innovations that had on it. Oof. Adrian Newey, you absolute beast. Mm-hmm. The side pods on that car are crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. They look at... Uh, yeah, it's a very different design from that. And, and, again, we talked about 
when, when your only team to do something. When your name is Adrian Newey and you do something else that other teams don't do, that's generally okay. <laughs> yeah, there is no, I wouldn't even bat an eyelid at it. You know, you, you I would don't, not even question it. You don't worry too much. Um, and obviously, I guess, well, in Red Bull's case, lap time wasn't really the case. They, they lost some mileage with Perez on day two. Uh, so that's why they had 358 laps. It's the fourth most just behind McLaren. And they had the fourth amount of mileage with 1,673 kilometers. So, you know, obviously they, again, testing, you know, different programs are being run. Uh, you know, different teams have different objectives to get out of your, your tests. But I just thought for two teams that obviously were, worked so late into the season, I think, uh, you know, it, has, it doesn't seem to have been too too costly, at least at this early stage, at least on a their longer vision for 2022 definitely not I, I didn't expect it to in the first place to be honest and i'm surprised that they're pushing the emphasis especially mercedes onto yeah. mclaren and ferrari not a fan of that all oh, the three months in front of us go away <laughs> go away that is complete bullshit even bonotto came out and said that we'll probably get to bahrain pre-season test and then there'll be three months in front of us <laughs> It's, it's yeah. so strange that they're trying to do that. So strange. I thought it was very interesting. Mercedes, they obviously they set the two, they set the fastest time of the test with uh, I think I believe it was Lewis Hamilton said nineteen one on the C five. On yeah, this thing they set both of their cars on the C five to end test one. And I don't think many other teams use this. No, C5. hardly any. Um, I think Perez was only four tenths off on the C four on his fastest time. Uh, coming on day three there as uh, as well, and I'm just wondering if you know I I wouldn't look into that by Mercedes too much. I th- no, you know it's it's very strange that they've gone and done that. But Max did say that Red Bull didn't get to complete all of their programs mm. due to the lost time with the Perez gearbox issue. Mm. So there is some of that that Red Bull might not have got down to the qualifying style lap times that Mercedes was sort of going for in the last 10 to 15 minutes of day three. Yeah, it's odd that Mercedes did the performance push. Normally they let other teams do that, like you say Ferrari in 2019, for instance. Normally they don't, I don't know, I feel like recently they haven't done that as much. Yeah, no, definitely not. Especially not last year. Obviously their car was bloody awful in testing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they got a chance to even do it. But even now to... I think they 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 seem they're either worried that they've done something wrong. Well, according to Lewis, his team does does not do anything wrong. They will make mistakes. I heard. Yeah. Yes. That's of l- course not. That's ludicrous to say, by the way. Yeah, his team doesn't make mistakes, but the, this is coming from the guy that questions his pitch strategy every race. Yeah, it's also just untrue. Every team makes mistakes. Like it's just... every everybody, everybody makes mistakes. Get that shit out of here. I wonder if you meant like fundamentally with the car. Yeah, yeah, he must. Have been. That must be. It's very arrogant if he means it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as well as yeah, so like they also went for the performance run at the end there. So it was very interesting with that. And obviously, it's worth noting all teams on Friday morning, I believe, did they they sprayed the track and they did wet slash intermediate running which seems to you look at the the cars and the flow of the water seems like the regulations this is a general consensus that in theory the regulation changes have had the desired effect in many of the areas that they were targeting to yeah but charles leclerc said that in the three to one second range it's a lot better 
half a second, one second to half a second, it's a little bit better than the years before. But then when you get into the three tenth range, it's a hell of a lot easier. Mm. So that's that's in with regards to dirty air. And obviously, if you want to see these images, go on the race or F1's videos on it on the F1 YouTube channel, and you can see the spray difference. It's it's really interesting. It's be- like you can <clears> see <throat> the vort like the vortices essentially, like how it how it how it you know the the way the the water flows off. You can see the shape as well. Like it is incredible. Yeah. Is is going a lot more up, mm-hmm. a hell of a lot more up. The, the wings are doing their jobs. It's mm. uh, very, very. I'm I'm not sold on them rear wings. I won't lie. They look they look too big. Apparently, that I think Ross Brown said they're going. That's going to help with DRS, which will again in theory will help overtaking. Yeah, well, obviously, I think they're looking to scrap DRS if it becomes. 20p, mm-hmm. which I imagine it will it be. Possibly could be. That would that, that be a great development. Like you, you don't, we don't need DRS anymore. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, that would be. It'd be sad, but it would be great. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's great in the sense that <clears throat> are we're able to follow and overtake that we don't need DRF. We don't need this aid anymore, which is obviously help brought in to help overtaking. Yeah, so that be that, huge. That'd be really good, uh, and it'd be a cost cutting measure. Yay. <laughs> So solid stuff from uh, Red Bull and Mercedes there. Uh, underrated winner of the test, uh, like not for pace, but this is the kind of thing we described. Who's talking about Williams? I was just going to say this. Third most mileage, 1,748 miles. Nothing spectacular. Alex Albon did the fastest, their fastest lap, and there's a, 20, uh, where is it? a 20.3 on the final day. And no one's talking about them, but lots of mileage. That is can only be considered a good thing for them. Again, I don't yep. think their car is groundbreaking by any means, but just quiet. Did they did they ran their business? Uh, you know, reliability seemed to be you know pretty good, and yeah, away we go, and that's it. Yeah, it was just very quiet. Did you see their um, side pods? By the way, I think they bought it out on day three in the afternoon. They've got a cutout in the side pod, and you can pretty much see straight through the side pods. Ever so strange. Mm. So a yeah, solid test for, for them and obviously good for Albon to get obviously his uh get back underneath the car because obviously he's coming off of the uh, the year absence there. So good stuff from them. Yeah. Uh, do you think other mm. I was gonna be sarcastic and say it's good <laughs> for, for Latifi to have some comparison to how shit he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh do you have any other winners of the the test? Maybe a driver, a team, innovation? I, I don't have any winners. I just have meh. <laughs> you mm. know what I mean? It Alpine were meh. Now, let me preface it that with this. Apparently, this is on motorsport.com. Apparently, they ran heavy fuel and how they ran no DRS. Right, and I'm probably sure every other team ran bloody high fuel. Mm. Sure. Right, okay. So they're already setting themselves up to as to why the shit. Well, Great. let me let me mm. read some quotes from sporting director Alan Permain. Uh, he said the DRS. Uh, he said, "Well, who's uh, who said the DRS and fuel factors automatically held back in lap times?" But reckon the reality was the team had a better week than it looked from the outside. And he said, "I don't want to sound like I make excuses. I'm not saying we're going to go out and beat Mercedes and Red Bull, but I think we are in a decent position. The lap Fernando did on the final morning, although it was only one lap, it's very comparable to what 
Verstappen did at the same time, albeit Verstappen is using DRS. If you overlay the GPS, which we can do with the systems we have from the FIA, the traces are almost identical apart from the straights where you lose a huge amount of time. Fernando was super happy with the car. We found some significant stuff on setup overnight and we really calmed the rear of the car down. Had we put on another C3 at that point, there was going to be another three or four tenths, and all of a sudden you're looking very, very close. I don't want to say everything's fine and we were completely chilled. Of course we're concerned, uh, probably alluding to the fact, obviously, that, that shortly after that uh, day three uh, lap from Alonso, obviously they were sidelined for the rest of the day by a hydraulics issue that caused a small fire. Uh, but it's in no way, but it's in no way are we going to be at the bottom of the timesheets. My gut feel is that we're probably a little bit closer to the front than we were at the end of last year. You know, if they're last. It would be hilarious. <laughs> Alonso's come back, done a year in F1, and then got to the the whole point of him coming back and the cause <laughs> worse than the McLaren that he left. Oh, oh the irony. The irony would be insane. Uh, Surely at that point, Lauren Rossi gets the boot. Surely. Uh, as well as the hydraulic, obviously, they're a little bit concerned with the DRS. Uh, the decision not to run DRS was made on the opening day and was triggered by some concerns about it. Uh, high, it uh, concerns that had high speed aero loads, but that they had no worries that the issue would be addressed for the next test in uh, in Bahrain. So he just talked about that there's airing on the side of caution. They weren't quite comfortable. So does that do anything? You know, like Al, Look, one thing about Alan Permain, he do, like Alan Permain is, you know, well, obviously, have you heard him? He was obviously former. Uh, Kimi Räikkönen's former uh, race uh, engineer. Engineer, sorry, I, I was trying to think for a sec. Uh, when he was with Lotus, he was Giancarlo Fisichella's uh, race engineer when he was at Renault. And I, remember, I always remember Fisichella. I can't remember if it was oh five or oh six, but he won the previous race, which was either Australia or uh, Malaysia. Which I'm not sure which track, but you know, obviously the very, but the very next race he was getting onto was like this isn't good enough. Like you know, Alan Permain does not talk shit Alan Permain is very very straight uh, in the words he says he does not pull punches so uh, when I when I when he says something like that I'm inclined to believe what he says yeah that, that's fair that's fair so if it was if it was Cyril saying that then yes I would or definitely 100% not believe it but yeah someone with a bit more of a, a strong reputation like Alan Permain sort mm-hmm. of believe it a lot more so does Which that is fair does that do anything to I guess, allay some of your meh kind of feelings on Alpine. Their, their quickest time, just for reference, was a uh, it was a 121.2 by Alonso on day three, obviously just before uh, the, their uh, issues. Still meh. Yeah, that time won't be spectacular, but the data from, from what Pemain is saying, that, that, that sounds promising. It does, it does. But we'll have to wait and see mm-hmm. what Mercedes and every other, every other team brings Bahrain because the rumour is that Mercedes and Red Bull are going to do what they normally do and bring stupidly upgraded cars. Well, everyone will. I the, think. Yeah. I think a lot of teams are more going for the fact of bringing their risky upgrades to Bahrain on the basis that they've got less time for them to be banned mm-hmm. <laughs> or made illegal. Uh, I don't have any massive opinions on Aston Martin and Alfa Tari. No. They're, 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 again, they're same as Williams for me. They're very very quiet obviously Aston Martin were like quite a lot of the grid on Friday on the uh, Thursday last day where they didn't get running on for most of it because of an issue mm-hmm. but apart from that they were pretty solid pretty quiet again 
same with AlphaTauri. Just yeah, I, I, I don't know what else I can say on that. They just didn't really do much. <laughs> Apart from Pierre Gasly, really... who stuck it in the wall. <laughs> yeah, but that was going to happen at some point to someone. I, I feel someone was going to try and push it a bit too much, mm. and it was gone. And obviously, the drivers have said that the braking is very, very different this year compared to previous years. It seems a lot, a lot more heavier than uh, before. Which is interesting. Mm. And, th- and those three teams, like AlphaTauri, Alpine, Aston Martin, they're all hovering in the same area. Again, AlphaTauri, uh, sixth most mileage, 1444. Uh, Alpine, 1421. Aston Martin, then 1383. And the lap counter mm. uh, for them. Uh, 208 for AlphaTauri, 296 for Aston Martin. And obviously, uh, Alpine losing out in the last day with 266 in total there. Third, uh, mm. and that's. that's uh, that is a uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th, respectively. Yes. Uh, I would say the main two losers of testing, I think very much in agreement, uh, Alfa Romeo and Haas. Now, obviously, Haas, big, big Haas have got a lot of different things going on out of, you know, outside of the track. Again, that's for, you know, we, we, that's that's for another time uh, to talk about the ramifications of, of that. Uh, but in terms of on the track, they had a, a boatload of problems. They had leaks. They had... Floor. I know we'll talk about the porpoising stuff in the second floor damage, uh, but they just had a raft of issues throughout the test. They had the ninth most mileage, seven hundred forty-eight kilometers, and the least amount of laps with one hundred and sixty. The one and Alfa Romeo, similar story. They had one seventy-five uh, laps for them. They had the least amount of mileage, uh, which six hundred eighty-two kilometers so even the quite actually nearly yeah nearly 50 plus less than less than has they had a lot of floor issues and obviously they had a gearbox issue as well and the disappointing thing really with these two teams is that they and obviously most no, more notably has they basically sacrificed the entirety of last year to prioritize on developing their 2022 car and Alfa Romeo are on a similar boat and for them to have the, the test that they did it's just very unideal and very disappointing yeah if you were to tell me that it would go like that I would have been very surprised especially from house I was expecting them to do basically what Williams did and basically go about their business and mm-hmm. keep it quiet pretty much and it was literally the complete opposite it was an absolutely terrible week for them. Completely, complete and utter shambles, especially for Mazepin. He didn't get anything in terms of track. He didn't really get much compared to Mick, who got quite a lot more mileage than uh, what Nikita did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a tough one. It, they, like they're having a rough week, regardless. Uh, <laughs> like in every sense of the word. A uh, quick word on there. I but just quickly on this. I much prefer the livery as they changed it rather than what it was. Yeah, but it's still boring. I like it. I think it's an improvement. It's an improvement, but it's it's very very brawn, very plain. Mm. You know what I mean? You need something else with it, which I'm sure, if it goes the way that it is, and I imagine it too, then it will get changed, and there will be a complete new livery for Bahrain. Mm. Yeah, I'd imagine they'll Surely. they'll. Uh... I imagine they've maybe got something in design, you know, in the plans. I'd say if because uh, yeah, to run that all year might be, yeah, might be a little, little, little much. Yeah, it won't not exactly 
eye-catching, is it? It's just a real white car. It's clean, and I think that's that's the. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely clean, but it just doesn't make you go wow. Mm. And obviously, like the Ferrari does. And obviously, the right decision to do that in the first place. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Like, just, just, no just, two just, questions about that. Just to just to make that clear. <laughs> mm. uh, they say though, Alfa Romeo say they've got uh, fixes for their their problems. Uh, apparently, so they, among other teams. Uh, were uh, I think Alfa Romeo were hit the hardest by the the porpoising. This is when the air pa- basically there. Look, there are more qualified people to talk about this, but essentially the air passing through the car and the ground effect, uh, you know, causes the car. You know, as it loses the downforce, gains it to kind of go up and down and shake quite a lot. You, there's videos on this as well. Again, I recommend you, if you're not familiar with it already. I'm sure it's very easy to find. Uh, again, if, uh, probably, probably probably best off watching. Um, F1's test recaps because or actually no even just just watch their very amazing uh, thumbnailed uh, porpoising video they explain what porpoising is the one you mean the one where I was in utter tears where they put a real ass porpoise in the thumbnail I could not believe this (laughs) and you messaged me a day later realising what they had done I I I was in we came out of a race and then we saw that. Oh, I saw that, and I was in utter tears at it. And then I get a message the next day, and I'm, Graham was like, "I've only just clicked on to what you meant." It's absolutely it's insane. Hilarious. I, I love. I love it, but it's very, very silly. It's very not F one. No, very it's not. not. It's it's like you. You think like a YouTube like, content creator kind of thing, like you know. It's uh, my mate said. It's it's like Rosberg's got hold of the YouTube thumbnails. <laughs> Oh, I've seen great. some flames. Yeah, and yeah, had a glass of wine or something. Yeah, champagne, a tuxedo. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a great comparison. But go, I, I'll probably actually, you know, I'll, I'll remember trying to remember to link it in the uh, in the description. Uh, explain what porpoising is, so you don't have to. But every team kind of struggling with this. And Mattia Benasha says basically, the team who could figure that out was going to have a big advantage. Yes, because you're basically losing the performance of the downforce when the car stalls because it's basically the, the floor basically bounces off the floor mm-hmm. of the track and comes back up and then it's basically just a bouncing car pretty much that's all it is um, and obviously in a high speed corner that is not what you want because it's unstable it is unstable it is uncomfortable it has caused floor damage in the Alfa Romeo's case it caused gearbox damage yes it's obviously it might cause suspension damage it can cause mm-hmm. all sorts of damage and that's on a track where it's not prolifically bumpy you can actually see on the track surface where the cars were doing it and you're gonna like one of going to happen to kota yeah (laughs) kota singapore any street track really you're going to be any wire lines or you've got to use the curves or something like that your spine is going to be in pieces now sometimes i said i'll just wait i'll just sit on the cushion or something so jensen button famously sat higher in the car like you know he was in like his head was higher uh, I, I imagine we might see something similar to that, and and this is more so like in his BAR days. Like you could quite see, he sat quite clearly higher than some of the other drivers, and they might have to. There might be a simple fix, just to stick a cushion or something underneath to pad, uh, essentially, because it's going to be very uncomfortable. But I think that the, obviously there is a bit more of a safety concern. Russell was mm. kind of uh, highlighting that as well. So, but you know. I'd say it's the biggest thing, consensus thing that all teams are mostly struggling with to try and figure it out and get on top of it. And 
yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what way it takes place in Bahrain because this problem, you know, is not going away. No, I th- I think it's going to be a season-long battle for every single team because I don't think it'll be the same for every track. It's going to affect the team in different ways each each week or weekend, should I say. And there was some attempts during the unofficial test to try and fix it, and it, it didn't look great mm. <laughs> from what I saw. Some cutouts in the floors and things to do with the diffusers and how the airflow enters the car and gets to the uh, underfloor. It's very, very... Some very, very dodgy things mm. I saw. It was the one thing that the simulation couldn't have prepared for. No, because obviously you can't... The, the wind tunnels are on a rolling road and you can't really have the cars bouncing on the uh, rolling road. It would obviously cause major <laughs> damage to that. So as it, as it did the actual road when they were, you know, when they were purposing at yeah, turn they're, one. They're, they're going to have to, like, do some resurfacing of some of the bar at Barcelona because proper done some decent damage to turn one. Mm-hmm. Proper scraped in. Probably the Alfa Romeo where it's gone in a bit too much. You probably see where Alfa Romeo Bottas' gearbox was. But <laughs> I'm interested to see <laughs> what this happens at street tracks like Australia, for example. Coming yeah, that is literally, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's, it, a, a track where it is predominantly more bumpy is going to have a massive effect. We could see some very strange retirements this season, I reckon. Oh, yeah, you could have mid-race retirements from the lead because they've bounced too much, mm-hmm. taken the risk of the porpoising, and it's just failed on them. The car's given up. Look at Lewis in uh, Hockenheim in 2017 where he went over the curb and absolutely battered his engine in qualifying, and it cut out on him. Mm. So, and that wasn't a big jump at all. Imagine that now in high speed. <clears throat> oof. That'll be a, a, a big no-no. Mm. So, fascinating to see. Every team's struggling with this, so it's fascinating to see who's going to come up with a fix here, who's going to come up with the right fix, because they can't really... You know, there are some teams you know, operating already at the maximum height here. Yes. Yes. And weight, of course, as mm-hmm. well. The weight limit is a big factor, because a lot of teams were, I, I believe, running overweight, if I'm not mistaken, compared to what they've got to run in Barcelona. Obviously, the sensors and wind vanes and what have you or whatever they're called, add to that. Mm-hmm. But still, they've got to get get the weight down a little bit somehow. So, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see for the next test, which uh, takes place in two weeks, I believe, which obviously coincides with the Drive to Survive uh, release for Season 4. So we're going to... I'd say we're going to... This next week, I imagine, you know, obviously there's going to be some Haas news regarding Mazepin's future. Mm. Uh, yes. Uh, ha- they've said that Pietro would have first dibs on the seat. I'm absolutely fine with yes. that. I'm not. No? No like Pietro? I like him, but I don't think he's going to be really a good appointment, but I'd rather him than the other driver that's been linked. Which is? Giovinazzi. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yes, yes, that is the that is the rumour that it's Giovinazzi, according to the Italian media, anyway. <laughs> well, that makes more sense. Because of, the, obviously, the Ferrari links and mm-hmm. what have you, which is very strange, because surely if Ferrari were trying to get a, another driver in, surely you would just chuck our lot in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they can't chuck... Robert Schwartzman in for obvious reasons. Not right now, no. No, obviously you can't really get rid of Mazepin and then chuck another 
another one in. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. Well, Mazepin's situation is more so like it's it's more so Eurakali based. Yes. And Dimitri Mazepin. Yeah. yeah. So I guess just to make I guess, guess make that clear. Uh I would feel bad if Mazepin didn't actually get a chance to race. Again, I guess depending on stance, but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but if if it's if it's out of his control and he's had nothing to do with any of any of the current mm. situation, it's well, he's been pulled. He was probably pulled from uh, media kind of commitments, which is understandable. And Steiner was for one day as well as they, I guess, they sort themselves out. So there'll be news on that during the week, I'm sure. Uh, I guess there'll be more kind of analysis and I guess deep dives from testing, which I'm looking forward to. I guess maybe just crunching some of the other data and numbers and maybe teams commenting here and there on you know some stuff from testing. Uh, head into the next one, so I'm expecting for the most part this next week to be a little bit quieter on the uh, on the I guess news front. You've jinxed it. I love Ooh. lots of F1 news. That'd be great. I don't. <laughs> Not when it comes like it did last week or the week before. You mean? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, that was this. This week was perfectly fine, and we had a test to deal with. That's this is this is the nice balance. Whereas uh, the other. A few weeks ago, it was literally every two minutes there was some bloody news. Mm. It, was, it was ridiculous. I wish that had come out like this week, so like or I guess next coming week, because obviously there's, I think there's going to be a bit of a lull as Good. we get to uh, yeah probably yeah as we get to you know, obviously wait for the Bahrain test. Bearing in mind, we've not had a week off of this yet. <laughs> we never stop. We Bearing in mind, don't we, we record stop. this. We record this once a week. It's not like we're literally recording it every every day. <laughs> it was an hour every day. I would say. I would say we have serious issues. I wouldn't. No, because but the thing is, we basically do that anyway. You know, what I mean, we basically whenever we talk, we talk F one or something motorsport related or sure. football or something like that. We're always talking, as you like to call it, shite. Yes, <laughs> I do enjoy shite talk. Yeah, I, I I do. Bearing in mind, we've just missed out on a cracker. Of, sorry, yesterday we missed out on a cracker <laughs> of a penalty shootout. Oh, did they go to penals? 11-10. Wow, who, got, who edged it? Liverpool. Do you want oh, to guess who missed? For Chelsea? Yes. Cool. Bearing in mind, it got to goalkeepers. How many penalties were taken? Well, it was the 11th penalty, so... Oh no! After after the match he had, Mendy missed the penalty. No, someone got subbed on. <laughs> Did Willie Caballero get subbed on? No. I was gonna say. Kepper. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Kepper got subbed on and put his penalty over the bar. Oh my god, that's rough. <laughs> I wouldn't. Oh poor Mendy. Man's had like the game of his life. <laughs> subbed off oh that's awful I guess I guess that's karma for not wanting to come off a few years yeah. ago yeah, when Caballero wanted to bring him on yeah oh dear god I could I could sort of give him some slack if he'd actually saved one penalty but he, he missed them all <laughs> didn't save one. Oh, stop that's rough oh well <laughs> Apparently worth fifty million though. The cup? Oh, the huh? it's worth fifty million. What? According to Chelsea, fifty million. Who's worth fifty million? Kepa. <laughs> right. Fifty million oh. cents. Rupees. 
<laughs> that is tragic. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to add uh, from testing or any reveals or? No. Oh, Bottas's helmet is very nice. Bottas's helmet. You have not seen it. It's on F1's Instagram. Is on F1's Instagram? Well, I, I literally just closed that tab. <laughs> I believe it is. I'm, I've, I had it up earlier. I literally had it open. Uh, Formula Juan. I've seen a few helmets. Like, actually, it's interesting. We, this this was actually last week. But George Russell not running red out of respect to Schumacher, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, same. Because we thought we, we thought we thought you might. Yes. Uh, it's not there. I'm just seeing. I must have saw it on Twitter then. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, am I crazy here? Uh, oh. It's blue and red. It looks very nice. Mm, I see. Uh, I actually do you want to talk. Uh, actually. Before we finish here, actually, because we're never going to talk about this again, I think uh, F two filled their final seat uh, with uh, with uh, with Richard Vashore joining Trident. You were quite happy about this, yes, because I felt he shouldn't have got taken out of the grid in the first place because mm-hmm. of he only got took off because of lack of funding. So that was a good one. How do you f- how do you feel about uh, Alpine adding Ollie Caldwell to their to their ranks? <sighs> I mean, do I have to feel about it? Because it's just stupid. Literally only in there because he's British. That's, that's I th- the only reason he's there. He's not even that good. I think if Martins wanted that seat, he could have had it. I think he wants to win the F3 title. Yeah, I do. It just makes no sense. There, there's no other reason why, you'd, in the, within the same academy, you'd have you promote Caldwell and not, not Martins. I, and yeah. I think given their situation well it's even it's even harder now because we put Dewan's in the mix uh, I think it's probably better I, I initially thought it was better for uh, Martins to I guess you know hang around a bit longer maybe you know delay a year or two but with Dewan's inclusion here has just made things a bit tricky for him well yeah and of course Martins is now with ART in F3 mm. whereas um, what's his face is is with uh, staying with MP? Uh, oh, Kyle Collette. Yes, MP who are returning to their orange actually livery. That was announced on Sunday. Was it not? Yes, yes, over the weekend. Uh, what's going to happen when they and uh, Van Amersfoort run the same? Yeah, the same we're going to have car? we're going to have issues, aren't we? And what do you get? Are Campos saying white? Well, actually, you, I've sent oh. you Ralph Boschong's flipping car, right? Yes. Good grief. What a guy. Honestly, what a guy. What a man. When you bring because in the funding. <laughs> he's done that funding on his own. Yeah. Bearing in mind, he has no management or anything, and he's gone and got himself a cryptocurrency as a sponsor. And the car is bloody awful. Oh, yeah, let's, absolutely. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> absolutely terrible. White and then green. It looks absolutely ass. But fair play. Yeah, fair play. Uh, so the Swiss know how to get it done in terms of money. I'm, I'm telling you that he's going to make an. If this racing business doesn't work out for him, he's going to make an excellent businessman. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Or an excellent representative, one hundred percent. He he can he can get me out of jail anytime. Especially because until like midway through last season, he was not good. <laughs> oh no! When he got announced that he was coming back last year, I was not happy. But like he was actually pretty good uh, from like Monaco onwards. 
He was very good. Like, like this is a man who does feck all in like his one or two other years in F two, and so like he's turned a corner. So I'd like to see it continue. I quite like him to be honest. Is he's putting the cat amongst the pigeons because he shouldn't be up there because Campos is hasn't been great in the past. Let's be real. Jack Aiken is basically the Swiss Jack Aiken, is what he is. <laughs> he's a bit older than everybody else, and he. Uh, just seems to be in the in the mix quite a lot, so picking up the results when when he needs to. So I guess we'll see with Ollie Caldwell's car if it goes back to orange. I hope it stays that. That white was nice. I believe I believe it'll be the white mm. that's underneath Boshung's car. Oh dear. Anywho, I think that is going to do it for another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. We'll see what happens in the week. Hopefully, we'll have some stuff to talk about. But I am prepared. To waffle, if need be. You always waffle. I do, I do. I'm ready. Look, you just have to have content on the brain, man. And I have, I have content on the brain always. You always do. Hashtag content is mm-hmm. the best. Yeah, content is king. By the way, have I told you what? The, I've already decided what the name of this podcast is going to be. Go on. Uh, it's going to be called the um, the the porpoise of testing. <laughs> <laughs> for God's sake. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, right, that's going to do it. Uh, I've been Graham. I've been Scott McLaughlin. Hashtag first IndyCar win. Long. Ah, yes. From Paul. I forgot I forgot IndyCar was starting this weekend. Yes. Did you see Grosjean crash into Sato? No, I didn't. Uh, oh, I didn't crash Grosjean, out in his first race of the season, did he? He didn't. He was in oh. practice. Oh, in practice. It wasn't Grosjean's fault either. There was a bunch of traffic on the racing line at a turn. Grosjean was on a hot lap and Grosjean rear-ended Sato because none of them moved and then Sato called Grosjean an idiot. <laughs> uh, I'm actually just going to pull it up here to be fair. It's, it's Genie Mac, that car is facing in the wrong direction at a very bad point of the track. Yeah, there, there was a lot of traffic. Oh, this gives me... This gives me uh, F2 2020 Bahrain vibes with, uh, was it Mick Schumacher? Hmm. Uh, must have been a Schumacher one of the two. Uh, they like are queued up at the last corner. Jeez, that's a mess. Yes, I know exactly what you mean now. I yeah, remember. do you remember? It's exactly like that. Nassani, yeah. Yes. Was it Nassani? Yes, yeah, it was. I believe Nassani was involved. That would not surprise me. Yes, of course. <laughs> The goats. It always finds a way. And uh, we shall see you. Uh, see you next week. <laughs>